Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Santa Class with Ollie and Glyn as always. How are you doing, Glyn? Uh, not very good, Ollie. Uh, obviously, Shrewsbury <laughs> Town lost 2-0 to Accrington, and uh, obviously we will talk about why we're only going to talk about that at this moment in time, but yeah, not not overly pleased, mate, if I'm honest with you. It was a grind last <laughs> night. Um, so we're recording this on the Wednesday evening, and we're doing this a little bit differently, mm. um, because I'm on I'm going on holiday next week, and I kind of, um, yeah, need to try and get, get some brownie points back, I think, with your <laughs> wife. So I'm going to, yeah, do this now, and Glyn's going to cover um, Saturday with someone on Sunday, and we'll cover that off. Um and yeah, so we're going to go through the Stanley game and the kind of the context of where we are now. So obviously things change. I, I can't see it happening, but if anything <laughs> changes, the, this is the context of where we are. As of as of yeah, as of what is it? It is Wednesday tonight. Yeah, I'm trying to find someone to do a bit of the podcast with on Sunday, Ollie. I, who's going to Portsmouth? But currently, I'm struggling to find anyone that's going, and that that gives you a good indication as to quite how chipped off people are. I think. Well, you know the lad that the bloke, the lad, the bloke, the mo- the bloke that um, sits behind me who tries to make funny comments oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, and well, um, he's actually um, can't be bothered. He's actually booked a hotel and not going. Oh God! <laughs> so he booked a hotel and he's not going. Oh, so no. he's going to lose the hotel because he just doesn't want to go now. I can't blame him. He seemed particularly yeah. miffed at uh, miffed on uh, miffed on Tuesday yeah. night. But yeah, so yeah, it's good, and, and and you deserve a holiday. I think everybody deserves a holiday if they've been following Shrewsbury Town around over the last few weeks. But yeah, so I, I will find someone and I'll do a little interview and we'll play that in at the end of this. But um. I do think it's a nice time for me and you to really talk about where we are in terms of nine games that are win now and what happened on Tuesday night. So oh, let's let's have a go at it, Ollie. <laughs> it could be painful. This is Akpa Akpa with the instep. Good ball in header. Goal! 4 0. 4 0 to Shrewsbury Town. And it's Mangan again, isn't it? So the first game this week that me and Ollie are going to talk about, the only game we're going to talk about, Ollie, was a 2 0 loss to Accrington Stanley with goals from. Bobby Grant and Jordan Clark, both Shrewsbury Town players, meaning we have now conceded seven goals to Shrewsbury Town, ex-Shrewsbury Town players this season already, Ollie, and we're currently on course to break the record of nine set last year. So always great when an ex-player scores against, isn't it? It's t- totally annoying. It is really annoying, <laughs> especially when, um, yeah, obviously both players got fond memories. I really liked Clark. I also thought he had potential, but yeah, yeah, he didn't quite play enough games. He scored two against us this season. He scored in the first game as he well. Has. So yeah, he's he's made eight, hasn't he? But um, yeah, the game was played in front of. What was reported to be four thousand six hundred fans in the stadium, Ollie. But for anyone that wasn't there, how many fans do you think were in that stadium, really? Three thousand four hundred, <sighs> mate. I've not seen it that empty for a really. Well, long my time. phone worked, Glenn. You know, I always struggle with my phone because I'm not. I don't know whether the O2 like chooses people yes. from Shrewsbury as a priority list. Yes. My phone never works at half time, and <laughs> it really struggles. And it worked fine all game. Yeah. Um. It was. It was very sparse. Man, it was. I don't think I've seen the South Stand looking that empty for. A very very long time, and as I say, oh yeah, the South Stand was absolutely empty. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and the West End. Obviously, we can't see the West End, but you could just sense it was empty. And what worries me is that you know, if if, if say for example, I reckon there might have been four thousand people there, and they quoted it as four thousand six hundred. That's six hundred season ticket holders that have not bothered to come, isn't it? Because they'll still yeah. been counted, and they're just not turned up. And and if you've got six thousand people, uh, six hundred people not bothering to. Plus, you've got the um, opposition um, lower opposition attendance as well, wasn't there? About forty of those guys. Yeah, that's possible. What I mean is that you know that they were there. I doubt that many of them yeah, yeah. tickets didn't turn up. But it's it's no, no, no. But I'm just orders. saying it was a low attendance. Yes. it was definitely not. There's no way four thousand six hundred. <laughs> no, it was it was sparse. You're right about that, Ollie. That was a very good word to describe it. But yeah, so whatever. No one, no one who was there enjoyed it anyway. But um, 
couple of stats before we go. So that makes it nine games without a win, Ollie, which equals Sam Ricketts' record of last season, where he went nine games without a win in the league um, around about this time as well. And interestingly, um, you know, we actually have got less points this season in this nine games without a win run than we did last year, Ollie. We've got one point less. So that, that's not great, is it? It's not exactly signs of progress. No, I was. Um... Since we went on BBC Shropshire um, and um, was looking at the stats, and the reason I remember this is because obviously um, Mark Elliott took the mic out of my wife for doing some analysis for me, um, and I was looking at those stats today for the points per game, mm. and we've earned four points yep. since Christmas. Christ, it's bad, isn't it? And interestingly, um, I think it's uh, Blackpool sack Simon Grayson today. They've yep. been on a nine-game run without a victory, and they've only got four points, and they sacked him. So Sam Ricketts is going to have to be pretty thankful we did all right in the FA Cup during that time period, isn't he? Because I think at the moment that's the only thing that's really keeping in a job. But we'll go through the continuing amount of depressing statistics to open this podcast with Ollie. No goal scored again in this game. Um, fourth game in the last nine without a goal. And also, we should add to that statistic that we've mentioned a couple of times now, we did not score in the opening 15 minutes of a game again, Ollie. So that run continues this season. Yes, yeah, so and it's also just noting, Glenn, that of, of those nine games, four of them are teams below us. Yeah, so it's true. not like we've been playing nine teams that are all fighting for promotion. It's not. No, we've been playing poor teams. This is where everyone thought we'd kick on, and we, we certainly haven't done that, have we? And um, and I talked recently about how rare it was for us to go a game without a shot on target, didn't I, Ali? You know, I said you have to go back all the way to that Wigan game in the Paul Hurst season for the last time it happened before Doncaster when we did it earlier this year. But since Doncaster, we've done it Doncaster, we've done it Liverpool away, and we did it last night against Accrington. So we've done it three times in about three weeks and then you know we didn't do it until like 2017-18 so again the amount of times we are failing to register any trouble for the for the goalkeepers that come to Shrewsbury it's unforgivable really it's absolutely pathetic in all, in all honesty yeah and it's just and those stats I think just help explain um, <laughs> why the fans were so animated and so frustrated for those who didn't go or those guys that listened on the radio or followed in all of the means that you can or if you know obviously we've got we, we, as we know from mm. from the data that we have fans all over the world listen to the podcast yeah. and it was dire, uh, and hopefully we'll try to bring some of that dire performance to your ears uh, um, yes. as we go through this game. Yeah, we, I think this game is a very good indication as to where we're at right now, isn't it, Ollie? Quite a, quite a yeah. crystallising one. But let's have a look at the team selection anyway, because there's some things to talk about there as well. Yep. So Murphy stayed in goal, which presumably could only be for the goal and we conceded against Liverpool. I imagine that was communication or something that he picked up on. Still crazy for And me, that's that. why he's been dropped. Um, so Williams and Ebanks Landol and Beckles in defence, so Pierre was rested. A love came back into the side. Goldborn <laughs> came back into the side as wing-backs. Um, well, I think we should stop calling them wing-backs, our full-backs. <laughs> yep. Um, and then Lawrence in the centre with Edwards, which is a surprise. Not that I don't like Edwards. I really love Edwards. He's a fantastic player. Um, and, and plays, you know, he's a fan in that team, definitely. He's, uh, he's um, fighting, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And then we had a front three um, of um, Langs, Cummings and McElhaney. At first we thought we might be playing two up front, um, but we weren't. We were playing a 3-4-3 three, three again. Oh, no, nightmare, nightmare. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, you know, I, I mentioned last week about, you know, Max not being rested but dropped. I think that confirms it for me when he's played Murphy again, because... If he was just rotating Max out of the team for, for, for one game on Saturday, maybe I could accept that. But I go back to my point I made last week. You know, I, I'm convinced that Harry Burgoyne will be getting games sooner rather than later and that Max O'Leary will just be allowed to kind of fritter off to Bristol City because he's not he's not got no future at our football club, has he really? So a bit of a shame for the lad because he'd kept a lot of clean sheets up till Christmas, hadn't he? He'd been doing fantastic. But yeah, that, that was about the, the main one for me. I mean, it was nice to see Beckles move back into a bit more of a natural position for him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, pay, the, the team on paper looked good enough to beat Accrington, didn't it, Ollie? Couldn't couldn't disagree with that. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, the team, if this, this, this <laughs> with the team that played in December, 
Um, you would think that this team would have at least got a draw from this game, um, but it wasn't to be. God, no, it wasn't. We didn't get anywhere near no. it. And you've got, you've got what? You've got an observation about the music we're coming out to at the moment, haven't you, Wally? Yeah. So Tudor Town come out. So the reason I picked it up is because I was doing prep for the the podcast and I was watching the extended highlights. And um, yeah, I think is it just pump it up or something come out? You just got to pump it up. Uh, yeah, and it's awful. It's really bad. And I, I put a question out on Twitter. Was it because it's not it's not something we've played for years? No. And some fans are convinced that actually it started when the when the run started. It, did. it started going pear shaped. Yeah, it did. If you remember, it was there when we were on that good run. They were using it as the sort the players were using it as their anthem for what was driving them forward. You, this was one of the things that came out in one of the press conferences they did. So it was something they'd go, they win, they or they get a good result, they'd go back in the change rooms, and obviously that was the first thing they'd get. You know, on the music system kind of get pumped up and then it's obviously merged into them wanting to come out to it because it's part of the season's narrative well that was fine when we're on a good run <laughs> when you've lost when you haven't won for nine and you're pretty abject coming out to that song it's not for me ollie at all and it certainly did not work in a half empty stadium so let's go back to uh let's go back to not playing that because i think it's possibly cursed this season <laughs> yeah it's a terrible song and it's clearly not, um, not God. upsetting the fans um and yeah let's just get straight into the action glenn so, action? Was there action? <laughs> well, there was action if you're an Atkinson Stanley fan. So, 13 minutes in, oh, God. and the ball comes to Clark, and there is, and I did put an image on Twitter. Um, it's really hard to describe how much space there was. So, basically, Beckles <laughs> is almost on our on the 18 yard line. Goldborn is, I don't know, maybe 10 meters away from him, and in the in the five meters, in perfectly in between both Beckles and Goldborn, is this player called Clark. He's quite a good attacking mm. midfielder. He scored against us in um, the season. You think we might have spotted how good he was? He gets the ball, um, does a bit of a turn, passes to that, that man, Bobby Grant, who was at the start of the season playing uh, um, at Wrexham. He gets the ball, puts it onto his left foot. Any midfielders with him? Any defenders tracking him? Nope. No. So, Lang- so Ebanks Lander was out of position. He wasn't even in line with the back three when the attack started. And then by the time Bobby Grant got the ball, um, midfielders were nowhere near him. Um, and he just fires into the back of that. Really good shot, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was schoolboy, but that's probably unfair on school kids. It was basically drunk Sunday league um, kind of style defending. And that meant that this then, that then the, another stat that comes into play, still no clean sheet from since the 31st of December. Mad, yeah. Apparently we're, uh, and apparently we're a really good defensive team. That's, it's gone a bit, hasn't it? And it? It is a worry how open we were for that goal, because as bad as we've been not scoring and, and therefore not winning games, you know... <laughs> The defence has moderately remained fairly hard to break down. You know, it's still not conceded more than two for a long time, has it? But the amount of space that they gave them, you know, like you've just described, was staggering. When when he picked the ball up, there was no one anywhere near him at the start of that move, and it was just it was a bit shambolic, to be honest with you. And to me, it was pretty symptomatic. I mean, that was thirteen minutes in, but that first ten minutes was absolutely dire, Ollie. We didn't really get at them. We didn't impose our game. We didn't show any reaction from from the sort of poor draw against Milton Keynes. You know, there was no real emphasis for any of our midfielders to dominate the game. The the wing backs were pretty useless getting forward. I just thought that their goal came, you know, from from an even game. But at the end of the day, they looked slightly more um, progressive, and they certainly had a little bit more what's the word skill and ability in the attacking positions than we showed when we were going forward in the opening section. I don't know. I I, I say the the opening section was awful for me, and that goal just capped it. Yeah, we were passive. <laughs> yeah, um, really passive. Um, our passing was woeful. It was short. It wasn't crisp. 
Um, there was a cross that went out of the stadium, like hit the didn't hit the, hit the banner at the top. The advertising that was board. Uh, yeah, that was so a bit a bit later on. That was, but yeah, that was um, one of Love's uh, crosses, wasn't it? Where it hit the yeah. DM recruitment sign in the away end, and it was just like for Christ's sake. I mean, it, it takes something to even cross something that badly, to be honest with you. And he had a terrible game, didn't he? Love probably the yeah. worst game he's had for us. He was he was so bad he should have been substituted for his own protection really because the more Earlier it went on the, than he was oh yeah. definitely yeah I should have gone off at half time he was woeful absolutely woeful and we should talk about it we're going to we're going to pick up on these points as we go through it so we're talking yeah. about love now but what what's happened to him like is he is, yeah. his confidence is clearly gone but Christ yeah. almighty yeah he's we've got a few more comments of him in the second half oh. um, but yeah his, his confidence has really dropped um, <laughs> I, I messaged um um, no, the Sunderland fan that we often talk to, Graham. Yeah. Um, I, I tweeted him on, um, after the game, um, and he said, "I told you so." Um, oh. And yeah, poor love. Um, but yeah, he was doing so well before. But yeah, unfortunately, he is one of the worst players we got at the moment in terms of form. Bless his cotton socks. But yeah, he wasn't the only player. Um, there was a free kick we had, and um, basically Goldborn failed to get past the first man. And then McElhaney had a shot, it went for a corner. The corner results in a shot for us, where Cummings shoots at a player. Mm. This is going to be a theme in the game, Glenn. <laughs> and then um, Accrington Stanley go to counter-attack, and McElhaney fouls, does a professional foul and gets a yellow card. And just, yeah, just kind of a really nice little snapshot for me. Um, cross, free kick, doesn't get the first man. Striker has a shot, hits the player, because he's only like, you know, a matter of centimetres away from him. And then we foul someone for a professional, um, um, professional foul and a yellow card. Yeah, it was, it, and it was already getting tetchy in the West End, like not particularly bad at that point in time. But you could already hear the sort of, not jeers, but like the just sort of frustrated sort of heckles every now and again. And um, yeah, like that's completely true of this whole game, the amount of shots that were blocked. And I don't know about you, Ollie, but does it feel like we're being, we're sort of asking, that, that's not right. Does it feel like they've been asked to just try more shots because we're so yeah. passive, but they're just taking them from all the wrong locations, and and therefore, yeah, we might be scamming more shots in games recently, but almost none of them have been effective. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. I think I think there's a clear instruction for the the, for the players to shoot more. The manager keeps referring Banging to number of shots yeah. in his post match, um, and yeah, it's it's not very good. But the trouble is, we're having shots from the wrong area. So um, again, this is from um, from a, a website of a reputable website in terms of stats. We had 67% of our um, of our shots outside the box last night. Mm, yeah. And 33% were in the 18-yard box, so none in the six-yard box. Um, and yeah, I think there's a clear instruction to shoot. Um, unfortunately, they're either way off target um, or hitting a player. Um, I'll mention it now. I don't... I, watching extended highlights and even thinking back to the game, can you think of a time where their goalkeeper made a save? No, because we didn't have any shots on target, so clearly not, you know, because otherwise we'd have scored, wouldn't we? You'd have had to have got yeah. a hand on it. So, I mean, one thing that captimises that in the first half was was Williams had a shot, didn't he, from absolutely Oh my miles God, out. that was terrible. It was ironically cheered, wasn't it? Because it felt yeah. like the first shot. Well, I think it was the first shot, on, yeah, first shot <laughs> in the game and ironically bad because it was woeful. Man, that was terrible at that point, and to be fair. I mean, if we're trying to look for any positive in the first half, the only one that really stood out to me in that first half was McElhaney. He, he did yeah. all right getting the ball, trying to run at players, but no one was on his wavelength at all. And, and he really yeah. hasn't really struck up any kind of relationship with Lang and Cummins, who probably ran around a bit, tried their hardest. But there's just there's no partnership between them three at all. They hardly pass to each other, and they don't seem to know which runs they're going to do. If it's a work in progress, fair enough, but it, it ain't the finished article at all now. Yeah, our attacking play is poor, and it's been poor all season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we basically, yeah, there was a goal cross and coming shot over. Um, and not really a lot, a lot from Stanley, really, in the end of that first half. 
No, no. That coming that Cummins was effort. We should have, I think he should have done better with that. It was a pretty good cross from Goldborn, probably the only bit yeah. of quality Goldborn had in the whole game. But yeah, there wasn't much from Stanley either. Once they once they scored, I thought you've got to give John Coleman credit. They they sat deep like we probably would in that situation. Like we have every game pretty much. Time wasted ahead. a bit as well. Time wasted, we? sat deep, and we we just looked awful at trying to break them down. And you know, unless a team gives us the space to counter attack them, and, and and you know, the Championship team did against Bristol City or potentially against Liverpool in the second half and Sunderland, you know. Where we can counter quite effectively. If teams sit in like that, like Accrington did, we're just never going to score. We could keep playing for hours and hours and hours. Obviously, this wasn't even half time by this point, but yeah, that, that's fine. That's an issue we've had for a while. But I think my, my main concern at half time was how shaky the defence had looked because as weeks go on during this bad run, they're looking more and more shaky. And the, the worse they get, the worse these results are going to be, Ollie, aren't they? Yeah, and, and shakiness is, is across the team in, in every department. Very now. true, yeah. From, a, from, from simple set pieces. To passing, to crossing, to shooting, um, everything is um, really um, below standard and, and ex- almost below acceptable levels. And I think, yeah, we'll come to um, top threes later, but it was really hard to think of them who who actually had a good performance. And one player was a victim at half time because he brought on Hart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was weird. I would have thought he'd have took off Love rather than Goldborn. I mean, he wasn't Goldborn wasn't yeah. greatly effective, but he played better than Love. So yeah, weird. I thought he did as well. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was what it was. It wasn't exactly a attacking substitution to change the game, was it? You know, chasing it one 0 at home against the team below us in the league. It was just like for like, which didn't fill me with a whole load of inspiration, Ollie. But um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I say he needed to do something at half time. Didn't need to be honest with you, but. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I gotta give I'd say I wouldn't we've done what Accrington did to us for the rest of that half and the rest of this game by sitting in to loads of teams this season, so I'm not sure how we can really complain about it, are we? No, not at all. Um they did a professional job, away from home, small budget, got the result, got three got a clean sheet, three points, two mm, goals. Yeah. Perfect night for them. It's it's weird. one of the things I was thinking at half time was when I went to the Accrington game away from home, we obviously went two 0 down to them in that game, and then Ricketts made an attacking sub, put on Faye and a doe, and Accrington just became completely unsettled by two pacey people running at them which to me at half time I was thinking it was a mistake not to play a doe because he's the only one with genuine pace compared to Cummings and Lang I think and I think he would have had a better effect on the game and obviously he came on and you know maybe he did have a better effect than say Cummings during that game but to me at half time that was my main thought it was he's made a mistake there we should definitely have played a doe well yeah he could have shuffled around the front three couldn't yep. him, uh, and even have got both you know the strikers playing in different style um, but the trouble is at the moment I think you could play um you could play anyone up front and I don't think they would they would score even if you took a really quality player into this team because we just don't provide quality chances for them. No. Um it's 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 pretty poor. Um a good example here's a good example for you, Glenn. So McElhaney breaks, he has a shot, hits a defender, he has a another follow up shot and it goes out of play. Again, two <laughs> is this a, Love gets the ball, he fires straight over, it was a half volley, miles out. Awful that was. Yeah. Um and then, then this is kind of another really bad bit of play. So Love gets the ball into the box. He passes back to McElhaney, who wasn't really expecting it. And he gets pressures off the ball and falls over. And and for me at this point, it just went from bad to worse for Love. Um, he was running with the ball and just the ball was just almost just running away from him and getting tackled. His first touch was shambolic, wasn't it? Yeah. To be honest with you, as the game went on. I honestly did feel bad for him, to be fair. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was just more of the same. Was, during this period as well, there was a lot of passing backwards again, which was really yeah. frustrating fans around me in that we're trying to do something. We're trying to get out this bad run. And you use the word passive. That's fair enough. You know, but that is what it was. They were just passing it around. And, you know, even Dave Edwards again in his post-match interview, I noticed when we're having these bad results, they only send Dave Edwards out to do the post-match interviews now, which is probably a good 
good shout because they know he will get you won't get negative responses to whatever he says. But um, he was saying that yeah, he just didn't feel like they imposed their game, and and this period after half time really kind of told it for me. It was the chance to go back out and re-establish a firm foothold in the game at some point. Just didn't happen. Too many back passes, too many too many defenders taking way too tight long on the ball. Um, there was a moment where Murphy got the ball and he took forever to get it out, and there was getting heckles, yeah. and it was just so slow. And here's the word again, Ollie. Totally fucking boring Sam Ricketts football, which I'm fed yeah. up of, frankly. Yeah, it was really boring. And it's also frustrating. You can The players are starting to get frustrated with each other. Um, there's times when they have the ball and they look up and there's no option. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, they physically react um, in terms of their frustration. Um, and yeah, it was and, not good. And then old uh, Ado did come on, didn't he, for Lang? About 60 yeah. minutes, wasn't it? Something like that. Lang, again, looked not overly... <laughs> Not overly happy to get substituted, took his shirt off and gave it to a ball boy. But to be fair, his shirt wouldn't have been dirty because he didn't do all that much. Um, and then he sort of went off straight down the tunnel. And um, yeah, he doesn't look like he's in a really good place every time he gets subbed at the moment. And I'm, I'm sure it's because he wants to play football. But just adds that feeling of, you know, there are a couple of players that are not really right with what's going on at the moment. No, frustration. Yep. Lots of frustration. Sure. Talking talk frustration, Ebank Slandor. Booked for doing a professional foul again. Shoot <laughs> your town out of position. Um, poor defending, and then we have to we give them a foul. And then, unfortunately, Glenn, from that foul, oh. they score. So this is this is slow motion football. So um, free kick into the box. Ollie, he- that's got to be the name of this podcast: slow motion football. I love that. That's a really good description. Um, so basically, it's a free kick headed um, into the box and headed at Murphy, um, and no one reacts. No one reacts at all. Clark gets the ball, has time to put it onto, onto his other foot and scores into the back of the net. Um, cue boos from the Tuesday Town fans. Cue a load of people going home, Molly. Like, it was yeah. staggering how many people at 2-0 thought, oh, bollocks to this. I literally can't 71 minutes. Yeah, 71 minutes. Uh, that's and enough. Th- it was that and it was goal. cold as well, to it be was, fair. Yeah, the, it was horrible, to be fair. And that's another reason why a lot of people didn't bother turning up. But... Um, I don't blame anyone that went at 2-0. We were never, ever going to get out of that. We've been no. so abject. It was it was terrible. And, um, you know, I didn't want to go because I wanted to see what would happen in terms of being able to report back for the podcast. But you knew from that second goal it was going to start to get pretty pretty toxic. And pretty much immediately after that goal, Ollie, there was chance for boring, boring rickets from block 19, um, yeah. which was fair. I, was just, I just described it as, as what I described it. It was so boring. And I think it's fair. I think that I think all the abuse the players and and Ricketts got at this game were fair because of the performance level. Yeah, it was really, mm. and it's just, and it's not like it was a one-off game. It's taken the fans months. So even at the start of the season, when we're having these victories against Sunderland and Portsmouth, we always had a but. Yeah, we always had a but. Even in the FA Cup games, there's always a but. Okay, but we've got to do it in the league. But we're playing really negative football. But yeah. when you're winning one nil or winning two one against Coventry, which was a massive high playing that style of football, it's all about results. And if you're playing results football, and then if the results disappear when you're playing results football, all you're left with, well, you're left with nothing. And you're left with frustration and boredom. Um, and, you know, people would have rushed home to get to that game. People would have, you know, had to have tea quicker or not have tea with their family. Um, you know, rush home from wherever they've worked and from. Yeah, yeah. And sit there and be bored to death. And I'm just, and we, you're lucky and I'm lucky. I've got good mates sitting next to me. So it's quite nice to chat with them. 
Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Not everybody feels like that, do they? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I say this every time. Even when in the darkest days, with the lads that I sit around, obviously you a couple of rows back, and Chris Hudson, who's on the podcast, was two rows back from us in, in talking range. My brother's father-in-law was there. My dad sat with me. There's a few people down the bottom of our row you could talk to, and it is quite nice in Block 17. We do kind of have a laugh and kind of keep spirits up, don't we? And particularly at half time, there was all sorts of people talking and shouting at each other about this, that, and the other. And that was fun. That's the whole reason I keep going to the football, even when it's bad. But at the moment, there's nothing on the pitch that's really keeping me going other than just going to see how this whole car crash is evolving at the moment but um yeah it, the, the 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 abuse has been building up ollie and, and and again for me it wasn't as bad as it could have been in a fuller stadium ollie i think well, that, yeah you know the, the way it went with the fact that loads of people left at 2-0 and it just kind of frittered away there were bad chances, and we'll talk about it as we go on but really it could have been a lot worse yeah well there was that's i think for me it's not fair to say there was maybe maybe 40 percent number of fans missing from a normal home game yeah I think that's what it's so you add those in that's a lot more noise mm. one thing I want to get on to just away from the abuse for a minute is we went 2-0 down and I started to just laugh to myself because he just kept playing 5 at the back Ollie he made yeah. He didn't change it. A 2 0 down to Accrington. Nine games without a win. Why would you not say, fuck this? Just fuck it. I'm going to just throw players up front. And, you know, if we lose this 3 0, who, re- who really cares? But we didn't. We just we we just kind of kept doing the same thing, having the odd pot shot from some fucking shit location, shot wide or blocked by a player. No real clear threats during the rest of this game, and and that was it. It was it was you know maybe he thinks we because he keeps moaning about how we're down to the bare bones, doesn't he? But you can use that as an excuse all he likes. It, it was just it was unacceptable the way we played the rest of this game, and and the goal captivised it for me. They wanted it more like a little old Accrington with their small budget. They're overachieving compared to us underachieving, whatever. But. I don't know. The whole thing just baffled me in the end of this game. I, as you can tell, Ollie from the Max Swear words there, I was totally pissed off with what was going on. Yeah, I was just bored to death, thinking, "What am I doing here?" Especially as I got to drive home for like forty-five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's really frustrating. Um, in terms of chances, Cummings had a shot, but it hit a player again. And I'm getting a bit bored of saying the same thing. Yeah, now. just keep moving um, on. Ado had a header, but that it was, was really chance. hard. Yeah. yeah, it was a hard header. Prefer to him, and then. Um, so, we're not saying the South Stand are better fans or anything like that, but they, I'd say they're, from my perspective, they're probably more let's back the team yeah, in they terms don't. of their chance. They don't obviously do any anti, they don't the opposition, they get in, don't get involved in the opposition they're stuff. They're too far away, yeah. Yeah, they're too far away. And in terms of positivity, I'd say they're probably the more positive stand in terms of their chance. But that wasn't necessarily the case last night. No, I think that you would be able to say that very similar to the uh, the Salford game when the South Stand turned against Askey um, and there were anti-Askey chants. It wasn't as vocal because, again, the South Stand was practically empty compared to what it is normally as well, particularly the safe standing. Um, but, yeah, there was there was fuck-off to wreck some chants and there was there was other bits and pieces, wasn't there? They were, they were chanting for... I think they were chanting from Graham Turner at one point, which is a bit weird. Um, and, yeah, clearly not supportive of the manager. And, and I should notice at the end, we'll, we'll get to the very end, but, um, yeah, the, the, the full-time whistle went and Ricketts came to clap the West Stand, got massive abuse went yeah. to clap the south stand and got equally as much abuse and, and booze and chants from, from the stands, stands again. And that's it. As far as I'm concerned, the majority now of town fans have had enough of this. They've had enough of Sam Ricketts. And there is a there is probably, in my view now, more people saying, let's get rid of Sam Ricketts than there is saying, let's keep him. Of the vocal fans, you can't judge yeah. the, the, the unvocal minority. And I'm, I'm never going to say we, we know what they're feeling. But the online feeling, you know, I did a poll today, fairly 70, 75, 25 Ricketts out. 
and and from the how many uh, people voted? It was hundreds, wasn't no, it? No, it was like three, four hundred, something like that. Yeah, I think it was four hundred now. But and and you know the the talking to people at the stadium and gun leaving that that's my vibe from someone that goes to all the games and and speaks to as many people as possible. And we've got a WhatsApp group on the away sporters. It's just everyone's fed up. And and that's the word fed up. Everyone's fed up. I said this on Saturday on the last podcast, but um, that's my view of it. Now people will ask right, us. Just, just correction, Glenn, on your on your thing. You've got it's seven hundred and seven votes. Oh, okay, Jesus. Um, and it's seventy nine percent sacked Sam Ricketts. So oh, no. it's a big number. Seven hundred is quite a that's big. from a statistical point of view. That's quite a that's a large number of fans. It's a lot more than they'll be going to Pompey. Now, one thing I'll say is that. Because we did this podcast, a lot of people were talking to us last night about, oh, your podcast, this book, what are you going to say on the podcast about Ricketts? What are you going to say on the podcast about Ricketts? Like, we've had DMs about it today as well, like saying, you've got to say he's got to go. And I'm like, look, if he went tomorrow, I would not be arsed at all, right? And reality, this run is so bad. If we lose at Pompey and we don't beat Doncaster, then I'll probably come on and say, yeah, he should go. Because it's, it's not really recoverable. However, I'm not I'm not going to just say, yeah, he's got to go now. Because I know it's not going to happen, Ollie. Like, no. the club are not going to sack him unless we get involved in relegation trouble. So, we're kind of hamstringing our own self to say it. Now, I think it's fair enough for anyone to say, we should get rid of Sam Ricketts. He should be sacked. Statistically, you've got all the ammunition you would ever need. Um, entertainment value you've got all the ammunition you ever need and and entertainment value when you're at the games as well you know it, it's fair enough it's, I think it's a fair call don't you Ollie I don't know if you're you're willing to go further than that but for me it, I'm not it's, quite, it's fair yeah I'm not quite there I'm I'm not a million miles away um, no. the, the performances and stuff are just so poor um, in terms of like in terms of stats and numbers um, his, I know you know I like my points per game numbers <laughs> his points per game numbers are really poor um, it's he's 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 in a world of trouble when it comes to results. Yeah, um, his his data is not very attractive, um, and he's he's in, he's in a world of trouble um, when it comes to goals and in terms of yeah points per game. In the last nine games, we have got less than half a point a game since in this year alone. Um, you know, getting to a quarter of the season now about a win. Mm, yeah, that's bad. It, the whole thing, the whole thing is bad. I mean. For me personally, I will happily sit here and say that I've got to the point where I hate watching this football team play football. Like, hashtag love this team, you know, under Paul Hurst and, and the roller coaster we had there. But it's not about the journey and everything. It's about what I'm watching week in, week out and how I feel about it. And I love my football club. Like, obviously, I'm completely passionate about Shrewsbury Town. That's come across on this podcast for years now. But, you know, I pay to watch football. I like the sport of football. I like how entertaining the game can be. I'll watch any game on TV. But at the moment, I'm not entertained watching it just as just as no. a game of football. If we took away my connection with the football club and the passion I've got with it, it is awful, awful to watch. And if it doesn't change in the next two games, by the time we play Doncaster, if we if we lose them at home, I'll I'll probably join in and say he's got to go now. It ain't going to work, and we might as well try changing the manager just just so they get a, a good idea of the players we've got going into next year. But you know, if he gets a miraculous result of Pompey and can do something against Doncaster, he's probably on about his last legs now. Yeah, it's the fans are very fed up. Whether the, the club feel that way, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll get to know. that in a moment. I did a tweet at half time, Glenn, and it's really interesting. It was interesting for me. I was asked a couple of about a week ago uh, by a Shooter Town fan, "What is Ricketts ball?" And my half time tweet, I think, sums it up. So, soft goal conceded, tick off the pace, no attacking threat. Lots of backward passing and no shots on target. Yeah, classic Ricketts ball. Yeah, um, and that's what and that's why. Yeah, that's why that term I made that term to try and describe what we're seeing. I'm just fed up of watching it. It's just so. We don't, you know, you'd much rather. Wouldn't you happy to be mid table? We're not saying we should be any more than mid table. Yeah, 
and you'd be, you'd be happy to win some, lose some, draw some, but have a bit of entertainment. If you get to the game, go, oh, I wonder if we're going to score today. I wonder if we're going to, if we're going to, something's going to happen. But at the moment, you know, it's going to be an absolute grind. Um, and for me, it was a terrible stat that Murphy had more touches than Cummings. So Cummings had six touches in the game and Murphy had nine, which just highlights to me how many backwards passing we did. Yeah, they only had nine and six each. It's not even a lot anyway, is it, to be honest? But, God, that's pathetic, isn't it, to be fair? I was vastly disappointed with Cummings. I, for, yeah, for all his Liverpool game. exploits, every time you talk to someone about Liverpool shoes at the moment, over the last week or so, they were like, hey, did that Cummings play? Yeah, he's good, that Cummings, isn't he? I'm like, mate, he's had like one, <laughs> one good game in the last eight, to be honest with you, and he hasn't looked like scoring another goal. So, um, yeah, he did he did his reputation no harm. As long as no one's watching the rest of his games, he'll probably get a good move one day. But, yeah, no good. Overall, Ollie, what a bloody waste of time. Yeah. Shrewsbury Town and Sam Rickers need to sort this shit out because, really... It ain't good enough. We've had I've had I've had a good round here tonight, but I, I, my football club is better than this. I'm I'm pissed off of all his pro splash comments. We'll come to in a minute from from MK Dons, which you know talking about us having overachieved during this season. You can bollocks off with that. We're below Accrington in the league now, so you know. Just wait till we get to the comments, mate. Well, I've got a, I've got a do, surprise for yeah, you. Yeah, go on. Uh, I've got a surprise for you. Just before we get that, there's a really good. Um, obviously, as always. Keep saying it. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Get on Twitter if you want to have a really good football yeah, debate. Good fun again, yeah. Really good um, tweets from Tom Williams. And Tom was basically kind of discussing the, the shot stats. So he said, shot stats can be misleading. Over the years, I've seen us play great, uh, play great miss sitters and come away with nothing on target. Yeah. Under Paul Hurst, we face many shots, but none of them have any quality. This is where we are. And this is a great link to XG, isn't it? You know, you have high XG if you're in the box, if they're not. And what he's saying is, as what we're seeing, is sometimes you've got to use your eyes we are atrocious to watch in attacking sense 90% of the time. Yep. He must see it, surely. A few aimless efforts from distance cannot cover up because they're stats, which I thought was a really eloquent way of describing what we've just went through the game. Shooting at players, shooting wide, and, and to your point, Glenn, which is really interesting, you thought it was, oh, we hadn't prepared that. We think that the players are shooting to try and get the stats up, or they're doing it selfishly to try and get their own stats up so they can maybe get a move or something. I don't know. No, I've got or, no or, idea. Or it's panic, Ollie. It's, it's pure yeah. panic, thinking we've got a score, this is desperate, and they stop trusting the method that they, the method, like we've ever had a method to score goals this season, but they stop trying the method of getting it down the flanks and crossing it in so a defender can clear it. They just start shooting from random areas now, and. Um, None of them really have the quality to do it from range. I mean, Dave Edwards has not really come close from long range. You know, it was love that had most of the shots in this game. Norburn's the only one I'd really have a a think was positive about it. Pierre obviously isn't playing. We know he's got it in his locker. Obviously, Beckles got one last weekend. But, you know, they're few and far between, aren't they, when you rattle them in from 25 yards. It's not a high XG chance if if you do something like that. Yeah. Mm. I should just so, point out as well, Ollie, while we're talking about stats, we had 10 corners in this game and none of them, like practically none of them, troubled anybody in, no. in Accrington. And again, so another part of our game that's so missing is set pieces. It, it, We've got three central defenders on the pitch. It, it, it's mind-boggling how we have not scored hardly any goals from corners or free kicks this season. And we've got three massive centre-backs. And, you know, with Wally, pre- presumably, like you would have us believe that he's somewhere quality from set pieces. And Goss is supposed to be good from them as well. And and they've been awful. There you yeah. go. Just another mini-rant on about set pieces there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, top three, Glenn. Uh, it was hard. I wa- we were talking pre- pre- pre-match, pre-podcast about whether we should pick. I, I wanted to give McElhaney man of the match. I thought he did keep going the whole game and was probably the most exciting player to watch. Ado did well when he came on and then I went for third. I went for Edwards just because, again, he is playing for us. I mean, he looked knackered, to be honest with you, as the game went on. Um, his legs are starting to go and he can't play three games in a week. He's but 34, man, to be fair to him. He's draining himself. You look at his post-match interviews, that bloke's leaving nothing out there. And I think he's one of very few doing that at the moment, which might sound harsh, but 
there's a couple of them cruising at the moment, Ollie. Yeah, there's a lot of cruising going on. I genuinely couldn't think of anyone, and I think it would be an injustice to the stats um, if I did. So I, I'm not taking anyone. No, don't worry, that's fine. I did that with the Don, the, Don, the Gillingham game the other week, so we've we've evened up now, Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> so what does Sam Ricketts have to say? He said um, he was incredibly disappointed. The game didn't really reflect the scoreline. We had 20 shots and they had six. He said that that the game started far too slow and we cannot fault the players' effort. I understand he's not necessarily going to criticise the players, but we're seeing this and we're watching this and it's not good enough. Twenty can he get he goes on against these twenty stats, these shots again, the shot stats. He's obviously checking the stats before he gets interviewed. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why he's taken so long to come out. Yeah. And so twenty shots and didn't score, that's basically the problem at the moment. We had a few good chances. That's wrong, that's actually false. We didn't have a few good chances. Nope, I would agree. Um with that. he was asked by Stuart Dunn about the dressing room and the players are disappointed we're on a sticky run. Um and he said, we're 17th. And he kind of goes on this kind of chat, which was really hard to write down and understand about where the club is historically or something. Like you said, um, he did this against MK Dons, didn't he? It's the same, yeah. kind of, same kind of point. Yep. And then he said, fans, and then he asked about the fans. He said, of course, we want the same. We were superb up until Christmas. And then we've had no breathing space. Same old crap as, 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 as the week. And, and then he's also said that because of the fact we're down to bare bones, even though, as we said last week, we haven't actually got that many players injured, that he's going to have to play the same same team again at Portsmouth. If he plays that same team against Portsmouth, we're going to get whopped, aren't we? But yeah, there we, we go. I, yeah, I, I didn't listen to him because didn't, he didn't come onto the radio yeah. last night, did he? So I, I'm kind of reading these today. Um, so it's hard to judge how he came across. He, sound, he sounds like, from, from listening to what Lewis Cox said about it, that he was pretty down in the mouth, as you can imagine he would be. But... I don't know. Uh, it, it, it... I'm going to wind you up even further, Nagan, because you don't, you can't see this because the the writing's actually in white, so you can't oh. see it. So I'm going to highlight it so you, I can read it to you. you so me. just so here we go. So he said, um, so the, you Glenn can see this. So we're not we're not at the bottom. We have games in hands. Football's always up and down. We need to keep on trying. Then he said this: going into territory that is this is going to be the second best finish in 25 years. <laughs> This isn't dire. We're not in the relegation zone. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose technically that's true. <laughs> so it is technically true. But, <laughs> but you know, where are our fucking, where are our expectations as fans? Well, it's not about expectations, and I think this is a really interesting point, a really important point. Yes, the last twenty-five years have been poor. Before that, in the eighties, we were in the championship. Then we went down to the conference. Short, long, long story short. But you've got to bear, base things on the current context. Now, we are now a team that is really well run. We've got a fantastic training ground. And this is a point that's coming up quite regularly, actually. Shrewsbury Town fans are not mugs. We've seen League Two. We've seen League One. We've seen crap League One teams. We've seen good League One teams. So we know what a good League One team is. And we know what the rest of the division is. The rest of the division is quite similar. There's not a lot of difference. Now, you telling me that this team is worse than the scene that came up with Mickey Mellon? This is worse than the team that Paul Hurst managed to form a miracle and keep the players up. Mm, this no. team is a much better team. We didn't have players like Norburn or Laurent or Pierre or Cummings um, or Lang or, or goalkeeper like O'Leary in those teams. 
No, and and it also forgets the context of literally last season, and and the fact that he's he's right on the fact that only there's only twenty three teams in his division this year. So you know that that adds a whole weight of it as well, Ollie, because it'd be impossible. It'd be practically impossible from how we start the season to end up in the relegation zone. Yeah. But we're we're getting closer we're to it, and and we're you know so there's there's only twenty three places. So that sixteenth place finish, which is what he's talking about, is way more achievable than it normally would be. Do you know what I mean? Especially as another team got deducted a load of points. So there's a lot of mitigating factors to why. Even yeah, there's two we've been, teams basically out of the equation already. Exactly. So he doesn't, you know, historical context is one thing, but this is an odd season. And I, I don't know, that doesn't wash for me. I will keep repeating this point, Ollie. We are only four points better off on a game-by-game game comparison to what we were last season. And, you know, if we don't win one in the next three, I think it is, it will be less than that. So, you know, all right, yeah, we're doing slightly better than last season, but last season was a crap finish and it was a crap crap league season. So it's pretty comparable to me to last season. Yeah, so to kind of round this game up um, in terms of, for me, on one, the biggest thing I was concerned about, so I was chatting to Phil and chatting to Ian and, and Callum and Chris as well, who are in our little little gang chatting at the football. And I was asking those guys, just asking, not, you know, projection, just genuinely asking questions, they wanted to hear what they had to say. Is Sam Ricketts going to get sacked? And this, for me, where I've, for me, I think we're stuck in this like football purgatory. Mm. We're not in a relegation zone, so no. as you alluded to earlier, we don't think the board are going to sack the manager. Now, you know, as a as a man, he seems a really nice person, really lovely guy, but the results are poor. the The football standards is terrible. The entertainment is non-existent. It's going to have an impact. So, if, let's just say, for example. If we're going to keep Sam Ricketts, we're not going to sack him this season, that means he's definitely going to start next season. So that means he's going to have at least 10, 15 games next season. So that means that if we carry on this trajectory and we don't get, we don't, you know, we basically just above a relegation zone or in a relegation fight next year, we've got at least 30 league, 30 games of Sam Ricketts football to watch. You can go away and hold it, Ollie, now. You've ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you're that wrong. I, I, I honestly think it would take us losing the next four and getting schlepped by, say, a couple of goals and one of them for him to get, actually get sacked. Like, Tranmere's big, isn't it? Yeah, to me, like, let's just look at these next few games. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll do a little section on Portsmouth when yeah. I get a guest to come around. But if you look at the next few games, you've got Portsmouth away. That's a hard game. I expect us to lose there, if I'm honest with you. Then we've got um, Doncaster at home, right? Who've got this new free-scoring striker they signed from somewhere called, uh, I think it's Okinabiri. He's supposed to be really good. So, you know, that's going to be a hard game. He's going to come back in. He obviously totally motivated to, to do one over Ricketts and put a nail in his coffin. Then we've got Bristol Rovers and Tramway, haven't we? I can't remember which way around it is now. But they're teams who are not doing well this season, particularly. And we have got Tramway after Doncaster. That's it. Yeah, Tramway and then Bristol Rovers. So, again, two games which we should try and And Mickey Mellon's desperate for a victory. Yeah, Mickey Mellon. And all four of those teams have got an absolute ton of RX players. Ennis, uh, Okadabiri, Payne... um, I think Mark Ellis plays for one of them. Uh, this, this low, I think I count it six or seven. So chances for more ex-players to score against us. I'm not going to pretend no, I'm not worried about the next four weeks. By I'm, then, I'm, mate, we could be 19th. Yeah, exactly. In, in historical context, can piss off after that as far as I'm concerned. I'm worried. I am worried about the next four weeks. I, I, I think back-to-back losses would be devastating for Ricketts now. And it is possible, frankly. I just... I just... Yeah, we're not in that relegation fight. We're not going to go down. I no. just I, and I I know it's, it's not about him personally, and that's it's not personal. I saw him when when you the the camera panned right to him as soon as the whistle went, and you could see he wasn't very happy, and he was upset, and he wasn't very pleased. And you know when we've met him, he's a really nice bloke, um, but unfortunately, just mm. the results and everything are just so it's poor. Not going and, for him. It's not going. No, for him. no, at all. Yeah, he, he can be a nice bloke, but it is a football results. But it's it's two things: football. 
it's a, it's a results business and it's part of the entertainment industry. And if you yeah. aren't getting either of those things, it doesn't matter what football club you're at, you're, boll- you're bollocks, basically. My, yeah. my last thing I'll say on this, before I let you go off on holiday, is um, even if, like you talked about your football purgatory, he's here for another 30 games, say he lasts the next 15, whatever it is, the end of the season. My, my view of football fans is they don't wipe the slate clean, Ollie. Like No, well, they no. didn't this season. When we came to this season, he had a hangover. No, no I think you're right. And I can't so see... T- I can't see us going into next season with it being anything other than a lot of fans waiting for him to fail. Yeah, and it's it would take... I guess that's, here's a question for you then, Glenn. What do you think it would take for him to get to a point where the fans are really positive about him? You'd have to have a Paul Hurst season, wouldn't you? No, you, you'd have to start next season like we started this season in terms of the points. And I think the you'd have position. to do even better because the fans it, weren't happy at the start of this season. You could, you could do it on points, you, you, but you'd have to be way more entertaining and have yeah. gone away from playing five at the back. That's the only thing that starts to... I think the only way, actually, it's, it is about results, but I think if he came results, into next goals, season... Results, goals, entertainment, everything. The yeah, full if he, shebang. Exactly. If he came into next season saying, right, we're now going four at the back and we're going to play a much more attacking style of football, we've gone away from the five at the back thing. Yeah, but the five at the back... I think the formation can be a red heron. Sheffield United play fantastic football. No, I don't know. And I know I, they're a Premier League team and all that kind of stuff. I think formations can be red herring. It's about how attacking you are. Yeah. I'd keep it as simple as well. You can obviously have your own opinion. You're obviously I don't like it. I, I'm sick of it. I, I, you know, it was okay under Hurst because it was played in a slightly different way. I agree. I could I could stomach it in that season. And if he came back and said, right, we're going with this, that would be fine. But, you know, we haven't seen our centre-backs overlap anyone this season. No. Really. Not once. So we're not no. playing like Sheffield United. Exactly. Um, and like a Wrexham fan to me said, he, he seems to want to set his team up a little bit like Wales play, which is true. But, you know, we don't have Gareth Bale or Aaron Ramsey or, you know, Carnu, Robson Carnu. We have we have reasonably average League One players. And implementing that style of football, I think the further you go down the pyramid, the more difficult it is. There's a reason why every Sunday League team plays 4-4-2, Ollie, because it's simple for worse players to understand. And maybe that's being slightly harsh on League One footballers, but I think that sometimes... Well, it's is... a question I asked him. Yeah. It's funny you say that, because it's a question I generally asked him when we had that meeting. Do you think we can have players that are going to be able to play that style? No, I think they'll be... we're playing with a handbrake on, but... I think we've talked about enough about this game, mate. I better go. <laughs> Get off on Aldi, Ollie. I will endeavour to beg someone who's been to Portsmouth to come on. We'll do a little 15 minutes on that at the end of this. And then I'll uh, I'll be back to, to do a shallop cast out. And we'll be back on Sunday. I'll be back yes. the next Sunday. So enjoy, guys. Um, for those who go to Portsmouth, you're crazy. Now VAR is checking for offside here. Let's have a look. Does this tell us anything definitively? That doesn't look offside. So, no Ollie, and we're here to talk about Shrewsbury Town at Portsmouth, a game which we unfortunately lost 2-0 with goals from Harrison and Marquis in the second half um, in front of 319 Salopians. Uh, again, a bunch of Salopians all need a medal, I think. But yeah, I'm here, um, joined not by Ollie, but by Andy Davis, who was on the podcast a few weeks back. So yeah, it's, it's been quick, Andy, but welcome back onto the podcast. Yeah, good evening, Glenn. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's good. And, and obviously, we didn't. I didn't go to the game, I didn't even watch it, but you, you've seen this game, so we thought we'd get your view on it again. Um I suppose to start off, really, bringing you on and just introducing you. I mean, let's talk about it up front, I suppose. This bad run, it's 11 games out of win now. Where, where are you at, really, with Town and, and Ricketts and, and everything in general? I think well, he's, he's nailed his colours to this style of play, hasn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. And while I was all for it at the, at the start, I think the ceiling is low and the floor is low, if that makes <laughs> sense. I think yeah. you, you've seen the ceiling was probably the Liverpool at home game, wasn't it? In terms yeah. of 
the performance and the way they raise the level of performance. And then you've got the likes of the Portsmouth at home, Sunderland at home games where we've eked out victories. But for the most part, there's too many lowlights for me, isn't there? You know, there's too many Gillinghams and Doncasters and Accrington's mm. and, and things of that nature. And that when you play the way that we, that we have played all season long, uh, and I know you don't like the phrase, but it is fine margins, isn't it? And you yeah. talked about you know, odd bounces and a kick of the ball this way and that way. When you play the game that way, that's how it's going to be. Uh, I, I just I just don't understand that it's going to be any different to that, is it? We don't dictate games. We don't dominate possession. We haven't got those players in the team to do that. So nope. it, it, it's a bit of an odd situation for me, to be honest. It is a bit. And we'll, we'll come to talking about um, signings <laughs> and who we might have signed or not signed in a little bit, Andy. But um, let's let's focus on this game, really, because uh, I say we, we've done the Accrington game and I don't think anything's really changed from there in terms of where we're at. We're obviously on a, on a worse run now. But we'll, we'll start with the team selection. So O'Leary in goal, um, obviously coming back in. Uh, Williams, Ebanks and Pierre as the centre-backs. Then Beckles, right wing-back. And Hart left back, uh, left wing back, and then Laurent Goss in midfield, and then Edwards, McElhaney, and Ado. I suppose Ado up front, and those two trying to get up there with him. Obviously, the first thing that stands out in that, which you probably were scratching your head at, was Omar Beckel starting right wing back. Well, yeah, you could have, you could have, <laughs> you could have started anybody at right wing back. To be honest, and they would have done a better job than we have <laughs> over, over the last six to eight weeks. To be honest, so I wasn't. It, it didn't surprise me. Um, Beckles mm. in there. Just, I don't understand why you bring in Ramsey if you're going to play Beckles. That, that's the only bit for me, isn't it? You know, if you're going to bring somebody in on loan and and use a valuable loan signing up, then at least play the kid. Particularly as he's playing 10 miles down the road from his parent club. Yeah, and he came on so clearly fit enough to actually play a part in the game as well, which seems it seems a bit odd. But yeah, to have to have three right right wing backs on the bench seemed a little bit um <laughs> a little bit odd, didn't it, in terms of your your squad structure for the season. But uh, yeah, there we go. I, I suppose in terms of the other the other things that stood out was just the one striker rather than the two that we played against Accrington, but. You know, I don't know what you thought of, of Lang and, and Cummins recently, but you know neither of them have really staked more of a plane than a doe to, to start at the moment, have they? Uh, they look totally miffed to me, the pair of them. They look totally cheesed off with it all, don't they? Um, yeah. I think it goes back, I think the, the points you've just raised, they go back to my point really, is that if you're going to play this way, you're going to play this formation, there's a, there's, a, there's a fundamental framework that you need, isn't it? You need a solid base. So if you think about your three centre halves, we've probably got that, haven't we? I think we've got yeah. a solid base. You need a top goalkeeper, and I think we've done okay in the goalkeeping department. You need two clever wing backs that are technically decent players. We haven't got that. We, we <laughs> simply haven't got that. No. Um, and you need something different up front. Now, you can have it two ways. You can either have somebody who can hold the ball up um, and be a really pivot for you and, and act as a sort of, it can bring other people into play, or you need pace. Now, I would argue that our strikers are sort of caught between two stools, aren't they? With they're not, neither of them are, or Udo, Cummins, or Lang are not electric pace-wise, are they? No, but no. But they're not, they're not great at holding the ball up either, so we're caught between two stools, really. So all three are probably suited to playing two up top, and that's the bit I don't understand. Now, at the start of the year, he maybe he's, he experimented a little bit with Morrison, but it, it's just never been... It's just square pegs and round holes. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's probably worth talking about this now. I was going to bring it up later on, but obviously in the press this week, Ricketts has been through and outlined some of the players that he's tried to sign. So one of them was Will Grigg, the other was Sully Kaikai, trying to get him back to the club, Another Gary Medine and another was Joe Nuttall, who was previously at Cardiff, but is a, a striker at Bolton. And, and a few of those do, I suppose, fit the mould of that striker that you, you might not have now. But I don't know. I mean, at this stage of the game, it, it, I'm not, I don't personally feel like any of those strikers, for all their quality, would have actually changed all that much because the style of football presumably still wouldn't have changed, Andy. No, it doesn't change at all, does it? No, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the framework of it. I mean, if you've got a plan and you've got a structure at a club, 
you know, your first team plays that way, your reserve team plays that way, your youth team mm. plays that way. Anybody coming through the ranks falls into that position. When you do your recruitment, you recruit for a certain type of player to fit in with the system that you're playing. None of that seems to be aligned right now. So it just stinks of sort of panic buys to me. And throwing names out there means nothing to me. I think yeah. It's just ridiculous. You know, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. You know, you needed two wing backs. That was probably the, the sort of top priority for me based on the performance of the wing backs over the last six to eight weeks. Yeah, you may have needed a striker, but it's more a sort of creative number 10 role, which Rosie's addressed to a degree. But I just found the recruitment well wider the mark, to be honest. Well wider yeah. the mark. Yeah, we haven't got into the game yet, but it's worth talking about. It's now really. I say we've come out in the wing back situation weaker, having lost Giles. But there we go. He's not even playing for Coventry. That's an even bigger frustration for us, really, because he'd be starting every week for us, wouldn't he? But there we go. Um, <laughs> I suppose let's let's get into the game, Andy. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, my first question, I suppose, would be, what did you make of how town started? Just a typical away day, <laughs> away day performance. You know, it's almost as though we're waiting for someone to to bloody our nose before we we get into a game. It's just. I don't know. It's an odd way of playing football for me. It just like we're so passive, aren't we? We're so passive, yeah. and we sit there and invite pressure on. And then to be fair, it was quite a quite a level game. It was, there was no real difference between the two sides, other than they probably controlled the sort of territory, and we looked we looked quite dangerous on the break. But I think that was all through McIlvenny. He was sort of he was pulling the strings a little bit. But it, yeah, first half an hour was pretty pretty level. To be fair, I thought. Yeah, I think standard rickets ball is a bit of a decent description. It's just sitting in there and, and especially. When you're away at Portsmouth, they're on a good run, I suppose. You can't really criticise Ricketts for that too much. It's what we do every week, so you can't even be that surprised by it, as you say. And, um, you know, he just tries to stay in the game for that first half an hour. And, and you know, looking at looking at the highlights and also listening to it on the radio, they didn't create too many good chances till a little bit later on. Um, but, yeah, you know, there was some of the commentary on the on the radio was saying, oh, it's, it's a little bit more attacking. I, I don't know if you totally agree with that. I mean, McElhaney offers more and is a different type of player than what we've had. But, to me, the structure remains the same. Not exactly the same. Yeah, we played the same yeah. way for the last... Four months, game in, game out, game in, regardless mm. of the opponent, regardless of the situation, regardless of what's required at that point as well. That's the bit that's frustrating. And, and I wouldn't even mind if it was a typical away day performance where we sat in and soaked up pressure and we looked dangerous on the break with a bit of pace or we looked dangerous from the odd set piece that we did create. But we don't. We don't no. look dangerous from set pieces. We, don't, we clearly don't work hard enough on set piece, either quality or, or sort of movement. Um, we don't look sharp on the break. We don't break with speed and pace for either from wing backs or from from the midfield. That we're not designed like that, are we? You know, Goss, no, Edwards no. aren't that type of player. Laurent has tried, and I think he was successful for a couple of weeks, but he seems to have. He's trying too hard now. He tried a couple of times on Saturday, and it just sort of he just lost the ball when he probably could have released it a lot early. You know, just um, we're just not built for that. So I don't understand what the plan is, other than soak the other team's pressure up and eventually. Um, it just it just requires one individual mistake or two, as it was for the first goal, and it's it's game over. Rope a dope. That's what we're trying, Andy. <laughs> yeah, rope a dope. But if you're going to rope a dope, you've got to have a trick up the sleeve. And what's our trick? What, what is what is the trick up the sleeve? It's, we haven't got the there. punch. We haven't got the punch ever. No, we haven't got it. Yeah, we certainly have. I mean, going through the, the first half, there was a really good chance that Harrison had for Portsmouth. It was basically a bit of a sitter as far as I could see from the replay. They should really have gone one up in the first half. Um, and then in terms of our best chance looking at it was was one that McElhaney had where he sort of powered it at the keeper from, from the left-hand side. And you've just talked about, you know, some of the best work came through him. He, he was quite impressive in that first half, wasn't he? Yeah, technically he looks a good player, doesn't he? Technically mm, yeah. he looks a good player. He looks short of options though because when he gets his head up and he does get his head up and he's smooth on the ball, he's looking for someone to pass to and there's nobody there. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. You watch him, he'll hold on to the ball and he'll sort of fade inside, outside. And he's looking for 
you know, what you would think would be wing-back support there probably. And it's, it's just not there. We're just not built that way. Nudo's trying to cover, you know, 110 yards and it's just not going to happen, is it? It's just not going to happen. Not at that level with two two good centre-halves from Portsmouth. It was too easy for them. Too easy. Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, I mean, from uh, watching the highlights and listening to it on the radio yesterday, it, it wasn't really much else happened in that first half. I don't know if anything, I mean, we can talk about Goss. He probably had a reasonable first half as well. But did anyone else stand out in that first half? I suppose the defence was solid enough as usual? No, I don't think so, no. I think, <laughs> uh, like, I think the commentators covered it off and he was, he was talking about McElhinney going forward. He looked he looked sharp, didn't he? Yeah. But, um, I think that was probably a fair summary. But, but apart from that, we didn't really offer a lot. And and into the second half, then I suppose uh, you know again having listened to it on the radio, there was definitely a period where we actually got on top of the game in some respects, you know, and and you look at the chances that we created during that period, some good chances that we could could have scored from, and it does it does seem like the 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 sort of um, I don't know what's the word the the negativity and and the the booing and everything they got last week, maybe there was a slight response at the start of that first half, uh, second half, but obviously it didn't lead to anything. We managed to lose the game, but I don't know, at least a little bit of fight and spirit there that we maybe haven't seen in a few weeks. Yeah, I thought. I thought we started the second half quite well. I think the Eve chance was a, a real key moment, wasn't it? That was a, um, yeah, it was a, a real good opportunity that for him to to slot home that goal. And once that missed, I think the right was on the wall. It was almost a case of, yeah, we know what's coming next. Um, but that was a, that was a really good chance. I think Beckles tried to repeat the heroics from the week before, but the the Ebanks chance was a was the one really. It was close in, wasn't it? And it should really attest to the keeper at the very least to put it over the bar was a bit unforgivable. But there were other chances during that period. There was a one where Ramsey drew 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 forward and had a shot that went sort of across goal. Um there was another one that McElhaney had on the volley. I think Wally had a, a volley as well at some point during that second half. But just a tale of the season, Andy, that really for, for all the the talk that Ricketts has given in especially in the last few press conferences we were saying we had twenty one shots in this game, we had fifteen shots in this game. We only had ten shots in this game. You know that's still pretty much higher than most games this season and, and it has seemed that we've started shooting a bit more but again no real kind of end product to any of the shots that we have yeah I think let's just push the stats to one side for me. Yeah, this, this is not this is not American football this is not baseball <laughs> this is not cricket this is football and you get a feel for a game and you'll get a feel for which team's on top which team is is the better side and, and which way the game's heading in you know which direction it's going in mm. and, and I think you once that chance had gone over the bar it got a, it was a matter of time for me. You know, yeah, absolutely, a matter of time. And sure enough, you know, it was only minutes later, wasn't it? When obviously yeah. they went down the other end, and it's it's a good cross in from deep. But as a centre back, Andy, obviously you talked about your your football career last week. I'm sure you would have been fairly livid to have conceded a goal, you know, at the back post like that. Well, I think the first thing was letting the cross so mm. easy, wasn't it? So you know, they beckles. beckles across to the left hand side, and he okay, shimmied to go one way and went the other way. But if you've done your own work, you know he's right footed. So you show him yeah. his left foot, show him on his right foot. It was a deep hanging cross that was in the air for a long, long time. Uh, Held up. Two, two of our players underneath the ball don't even get an arm on you know, the guy and he gets Weak. a free jump free jump, uh, and a free header, basically, isn't it? It's, it's not even yep. contested, really. So, And the ball's what travelled 70 yards in the air, isn't it? So that's unacceptable for me. So, uh, it, And that's a bit around O'Leary's game for me. I mean, it's not his fault and he had no blame for it, but that's the way you want a goalkeeper screaming away, you know, screaming, you know, get touch tight, touch tight, touch tight. None of mm. that's going on. None of that communication is going on. We're just a little bit passive in terms of defensive yeah. areas sometimes, I think. And uh, before you know it, 1-0. Yeah, it, it is a surprising one because the big lads haven't been done like that for too many goals this season. Obviously, we've been no. all right with our defensive record. And it's a shame to see yeah. that happen. But it just again, it's a sign of just a team having a bad run where something new, some new problem has cropped up to kind of trip us over. And yeah, I mean, once for me, listening to it on the radio again, watching the highlights back for once they scored, you could have probably said it was game over at 1-0 because they went on to dominate the rest of the game, didn't they? And Totally. And you know what? It's not an excuse because it, you, that's your job and you're paid to do it. But it's mentally tough for defenders when you know that 
you're going to struggle to score a goal. It's, yes. it's really it's mentally tough. It it drains on you because it's just like you know we, we've got to keep a clean sheet here just to, to get a point because it, it, there's, there's nothing coming at the other end at the minute. So it is it is mentally tough, and I think it does wear on them. You know, mentally, I think yeah. more than physically, I think it, it's beginning to to begin to creep more than anything. And one of the other things that I think that I saw quite a bit of criticism for for Ricketts in this game, you know, was the substitutions in the second half. And I can understand him wanting to change it, but re- in reality, if you think about who'd been playing sort of some of the best football for us during the game, you had a doe and McElhaney who'd looked lively enough up front and obviously not taking their chances but it was like for like subs really wasn't it in terms of bringing Lang and Cummins on and, and really they did not get into the game you know you talked about them being miffed maybe that's a symptom of it but the, the substitutions were a bit weird you took took off the two sort of slightly more impressive players in that game two liveliest players yeah bizarre yeah. isn't it yeah mm. it's, it's almost descriptive isn't it it's almost descriptive and that's a bit like I was saying earlier on it seems taking each game on its merits and you look at that game and the person that would have most frightened Portsmouth was McElhenney. Um, yeah. And I thought Udo's physical presence was having, was having an impact at, at yeah. points during the game and he works hard, doesn't he? Uh, and, uh, you know, from that point where they took those two off, we didn't really look in the slightest to have any cutting edge, did we? We didn't have anything. Yeah. Yeah, totally faded out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a shame. It's a shame. And then obviously they, they got the second clinching goal and that really put it to bed. And for anyone who hasn't seen the goal, yeah, they, they take a quick throw in, which is something we don't do too very often. But um, <laughs> yeah, they took a throw in to someone who sent a mid. Town did sort of sort of hustle the ball back a little bit, but then we dwelled on it and someone got caught in midfield. I'm not too sure it was. Um, and they broke Goss. really quickly. Yeah, it was Goss, was it? And then they yeah. broke really quick um, before they put Mark, Marquise in, who's just come on off the bench. And yeah, he sort of did a really good finish, put, put Max on his ass before he finished to the right of him. And if it wasn't game over at 1-0, it was certainly game over at 2-0. And um, yeah, that was it, really. There wasn't anything to really comment on for the rest of the game. I mean, the, the second goal was was a pretty decent goal from Portsmouth, I thought. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Yeah, I think Goss got caught in position. And it was, you know, it was unfortunate, really, because he had a he had a pretty decent game. To be fair, yeah. he, was neat, he was neat and tidy and looked looked good on the ball. But yeah, he's got out muscled really. Um, Shame. And, uh, good finish from a, a top league one striker, really. And that was it. There was nothing else really to write home about for the rest of the game, as far as I could see. Could see that you know Portsmouth played out that last period pretty well. We didn't give them any kind of any kind of real chances of note to be concerned about. And um, yeah, eleven sorry sorry ten. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ten games without a win, Andy and. Um, yeah, it, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, really? If you look at the context of the game, because you, you look at the context of the game and think, oh, we've gone away and lost at Portsmouth and they're on a good run, they're a good team. Uh, you know, at the start of the season, you might have expected that. But in the context of it being the 10th game in this run, there is a little bit more expectation for us to have gone there and at least tried to get a point out of the game. Yeah, yeah, I think it just goes back further than that. Losing mm. to Portsmouth 2 not in the context of one game is not, is no, no disgrace, is it? I don't think it is. I think we give them a good no. battle for an hour and. That's fair enough, isn't it? It just goes yep. back further than that, doesn't it? As we alluded mm. to last time, I think, going all the way back to that last victory at Blackpool, there's just so much water gone under the bridge and such a, a different feel to the place now than there was sort of pre-Christmas, isn't there? I just don't... Yep. Yeah, it's just it's just really odd at the minute, isn't it? Real, real odd time for the town. Tough time, tough time. As I say, this is getting to sort of historic levels of bad runs now, and there's been there's been a few stats I put on the Blue and Amber account in terms of where we're up to now. But he's he's gone one beyond his nine games that win last season, so that's one of the records broken. But I don't know. We should wrap up in Portsmouth. I don't know. Do you think they're they're there for the long run? Do you think they're the sort of team that can sneak into the playoffs and maybe go up? Yeah, it's going to be a close fourth thing, I think, isn't it? I think there's a number of teams running into form now. There's Sunderland, yeah. and Fleetwood, and Peterborough, and Portsmouth, and there's, yeah, there's a number of teams running into form, so it's going to be a a real close battle at the top, I think. That's for yeah. sure. It might be a close battle at the bottom yet. Yeah, you know. What I mean? <laughs> 
hopefully not Andy let's let's not even think about that it's 12 points 12 points and uh your top three then you've mentioned the, uh, you know I know I can see I've got written down here but the guy you've been mentioned a few times was your number one wasn't he yeah I think it was close I think um I think McElhinney Goss and uh Udo were my top three you can put it mm-hmm. in the order you want really to be honest they all sort, of, <laughs> sort of all contributed okay and I think I saw in the uh the Shropshire Stars ratings they were all sort of sevens and eights and all that and I I don't buy into all that top threes and and marks out of ten and whatever. Football's a game of winning and losing, isn't it? And, yeah. And that that's the bottom line. Uh, and whether you whether you're an eight or a nine is, is irrelevant. It's just whether you win or lose. And is that what you minute, were like in your career, Andy? You know, when you you if you ever there were rate yes done if there were player ratings and stuff like that, but you just literally valued valued your contribution to the team on totally, a, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think if your if your managers give you a job, you know whether you've won that personal battle. You've got eleven personal battles to to do out on the pitch, and if you win more than half of them, uh, if you win six battles, you, the chances are you're going to win that game. And, and you look around the team, we, we lose too many individual battles. You yeah, know, watch watch sort of. Um, I know, I know Hart came off on Saturday, didn't he? And it was pretty mm. embarrassing from a League One perspective to watch somebody get bullied out of a game, you know, in in forty minutes of God. football, really. You know, and that's wrong, isn't it? You, you've got to you've got to be able to see that and um, that combative element. We we lose too many individual battles for me at the minute. I think that's where people are saying, oh, you know, are we playing for the manager and all that? You know, Malaki. I don't, I'm not quite sure, but the facts are the facts, aren't they? We've lost. You know, we haven't yep. won for ten games, and and that's the reality of it. So, yeah, the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Well, see what they do at Doncaster, Andy. Before we get into that, it's interesting you say about Hart. The first word I used to describe him when he when he played that first game at Gillingham was he looked weak. And again, I don't think anything's really changed on that front, has it? So maybe we won't be seeing too much of him going forward. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up with uh, Sam Ricketts' commentary because he doesn't think there's uh, anything to worry about in terms of player performance. Um, he thought the performance was good we had opportunities to score but we didn't take them small difference between the teams I'd argue that losing 2-0 to someone might not really agree with that but we had some really good opportunities again and we gave them a good game I suppose we did for certain parts of the game um, reaction from the team at 1-0 down we had some decent opportunities yeah fair enough um, it's difficult to pick the player sorry someone asked him a question about whether it's difficult to pick the players up and he said it isn't difficult to pick the players up the performances haven't been poor the players never stop trying. I, I, I found that a bit of an odd one, Andy, because there's been a few occasions, particularly in the games away at Doncaster and Gillingham, where you could have said, no, they've been poor and, and the effort hasn't really been there. Uh, yeah, this is this is a bit where I've lost a little bit of faith, really, isn't it? Because I think he's a genuine stand-up for a football guy. Yeah. And, I, and I've wanted him to do well. And, I, and I've sort of understood the plan from day one, because we're, we're Shrewsbury Town at the end of the day, we don't have the biggest resource. And nope. we're, gonna, we're always going to have to play a certain way and attract a certain type of player to try and progress. Um, but but the last sort of six to eight weeks, some of the stuff he's come out with has been odd, to say the least. <laughs> um, and now that sort of erodes that trust and that belief, doesn't it? And that where we're getting to, because in the context of just the one game, some of that I, I agree with. It was a pretty yeah. level game. There yeah. wasn't a lot in it. It was a bit scrappy. Okay, they edged it. A bit more quality in the final third, and, and they've got the result. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But to start harping back to, you know, we were more back to pre-Christmas form and all that sort of thing. <laughs> Pre-Christmas form was not a lot different to post-Christmas form. It's just that we just we don't have that quality in the team. It's always going to even itself out. We just don't have that ambitious streak in us to, to change the game any other way. I just, yeah. don't, I just don't buy it. So uh, Some of the stuff he's coming out with Post games is is ridiculous, really, and uh, sounded a bit tense with Dunny on Saturday as well, didn't it? So yeah, this is what I was about to say. He made the cardinal sin of uh, of getting on Dunny's well, I don't know, getting on Dunny's nerves, but kind of having a pop at Dunny slightly because uh, Stuart Dunn said <laughs> no winning, no win in ten games, four points from a possible thirty, and then SR he sort of Sam Rick snapped back. What's your question? 
And then <laughs> Dunny said, how big of a challenge is it? And then he went, you just asked me that. I just told you. And it was a bit like, oh, this is, this is a bit eggy, this. So, um, yeah, poor old Dunny. At least he asked the right questions. But I don't think he's going to get any change out of those questions at the moment. Um, but he sort of put, no one's happy. We've got a number of injuries. We've had lots of games. Same old sort of things he's been saying for weeks. Um, one thing he thought I thought was interesting, he said, if we didn't have the FA Cup, I can guarantee you we would have seven or eight more points. Would you, do you think we would? Or do you think that's just a bit of bluster? Uh, you can throw this back into the mix from the previous point, really, is that <laughs> as, as a leader... Some of the things he's coming out with, you, you just don't say that. Is he inspiring me as a player? No. Is he inspiring me as a supporter and a follower? No. 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 Uh, is he is he full of excuses? Yes. All the things you, you would are the anti of a great leader. He's sort of jumping into that uh, box, and that's the bit that worries me. I want to mm. be okay. We're not full of injuries. You know, Newport County are full of injuries. There's teams out there that that to have lots of injuries. The imbalance in our squad is a fault of our own, not because yeah. of the injuries. And, and you've dug that hole, sir, because you're in charge of recruitment and your friends haven't answered the phone. So that's mm. where we are because of, because of what we've done. So you made your bed, you need to lie in it, quite yep, frankly. He's, he's going to have to, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, and it's not, down to, it's not down to injuries, the reason why. And if we're saying that next season we'd rather not progress in the FA Cup or, or not you know, progress in the other competitions, then he's not the guy for, for Shrewsbury Town, because mm -hmm. we live off that. We, live off exactly. that. we don't expect to be competing at the top of League One every year. We just want moments so that you're going to remember and cherish. You just want a little bit of pride in performance and a little bit of pride in what we do. And I just think sometimes, apart from the Liverpool game, take that away. Um, we haven't had that for a long time, have we? We haven't no. had that. And that's the bit he's missing. That's the bit he's missing. There's no pride in not winning in 10 games. It's just embarrassing, frankly. And um, yeah. it's got to change. It's got to change at Doncaster. And, you know, we'll leave the Portsmouth game there, really, and, and his comments. I mean, it's interesting you just talked about, we just talked about what he's been saying recently and whether he's an inspirational leader. And, and a lot of people ask, what's the plan? Interesting timing this week. And me and Ollie are going to talk about this a lot more next week in terms of some specific comments. But I'm I know you're aware of the whole thing that came out in the week about, look, this is the plan now. Let's follow Brentford's example. We're going to set up a B team. We're going to be scouting from Europe. Sam Ricketts has got contacts all across Europe. It's not, it's not a problem. Um, so I just, I sort of the B team strategy. Do you, I mean, my, my first point about it, I'll ask you is, do you think that might not have been the best timing this week? <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't even, uh, yeah. Timing, <laughs> is, timing is everything, isn't it? I think it like, it's like, I don't know. Like coming home from work, isn't it? And the wife saying, "Oh, by the way, Andy, the uh, the oven's broke." And I'm saying, "Yes, but the plan is, Jem, we're going to get a brand new fridge freezer." <laughs> what? Oh, but, the oven, but the oven's broke. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, but the, we're going to get a new fridge freezer. It's a whole singing and dancing one, American one with a nice machine in it. Yeah, but the, the, oven, the oven's broke. Well, our first team's currently broke. Let's not talk about B teams or <laughs> progression plans or anything like that. We've got a, a real big problem right in front yeah. of us that people are really concerned about. And you're talking to me about some pipe dream that I, I don't even understand the nature of it, to be honest. It's bizarre. Very odd. Yeah. yeah and so unless we've won the Euro Millions on Friday and suddenly found, you know, £14 million behind the back of Roland Settee, then it ain't going to happen, is it? <laughs> mm, I can't. It's definitely not going to happen on the Brentford model, which costs them two and a half million quid a year, which exactly. is you know, a, a third yeah. of our turnover every season. So that ain't going to happen. But, you know, an, an, a version of it might do. I say me and Ollie are going to come back next week because we've only got one game to talk about and we're going to look into this in a bit more detail because Ollie did bring up the Brentford strategy and, and recommended an article on The Athletic for people to listen to a few weeks ago. So he's, he's quite on top of that. So I yeah. won't call Ollie's fun because I know he wants to get into it. But yeah, timing and all that sort of thing. Um, 
we'll just wrap up with predictions, Andy, now, before I close the podcast down. Um, me and Ollie both went for us to lose last week, so that was good. But Ollie actually got the result right, so I'm only a point ahead in our prediction league now. But, yeah, the next one coming up is Doncaster. Now, interestingly, Okunabiri got sent off at the weekend, so he won't be coming back to maybe uh, put the nail very in. Very harsh. Yeah, very have harsh, you seen it? it? Yeah, yeah, very harsh. Yeah, I thought so. They might appeal it. Yeah, they may do, yeah. Yeah, I think they might get mm. away with it as well, but it was very harsh. Yeah, well, there we go. He might be back then. We don't know. We'll see what the appeal is this week. But Donny yeah. at home, who were not doing the worst at the moment. They did they did lose at the weekend, but they'd been on a reasonable run. Um, I don't know. Uh, are you going at the weekend, or, or are you going to watch it on iFollow or something? Um, this is the thing, isn't it, you see? This is what you talk about, what the product that you put on the pitch. I'm actually mm. going to drive past Shrewsbury to go to a rugby game on Saturday. <laughs> That's how bad it is. And that must know, be bad. And you know me, Glenn. I've never... You're not a rugby fan. No, I'm not, no. But, that's how, <laughs> but that sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. That really sums it up for me. I, I can't... I think it was the thought of watching Okinabiri at, at the Meadow was, was, a, was a painful one. Um, <laughs> now, now, he may be not playing, but it, but the plan's still the same, I'm afraid, so I won't be going. Yeah, anymore. that's fair enough. But I, so what, what do you think? What's your prediction for the game? Um, I think they have more attacking talent on their bench than we have in our entire club. And I they do, don't we'll, they? Um, I think we'll take the L, I'm afraid. Oh. That's my... Yeah. It's a very, very young phrase for you to be using, Andy, at your age, you know. <laughs> you've got, I can tell you've got kids. Um, yeah, my yeah. kids are all saying that. Um, Ollie's gone for us to lose 2-1 as well, Andy. And I think that I'm going to be slightly more pe- uh, optimistic, I suppose, just to try and kind of even up this competition. I'll probably go for us to draw. I mean, if we draw, it'll be 1-1 or 0-0. I'll go, I'll go 1-1 this week. But I don't yeah. think anyone's going into it feeling like we're, we're going to turn the corner quite yet. No, I think there'll be, a, there'll be a, a minuscule of optimism based on the performance Saturday. It was a lot better than some of the previous games wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I just think that it's all building up towards the Tramia game myself mm. uh, and that will be a defining defining moment I think for, for a lot of reasons it will it will oh well well there we go Andy thank you for uh, sort of filling in for Ollie there and, and your recollections on the game for having watched yesterday and it's been good to get your thoughts on a, a few other things going on this week so um, yeah we, we'll, we'll leave the podcast there and uh, thanks very much for joining us yeah cheers Ben and we'll be back next Sunday with Ollie and uh, yeah enjoy your week town fans 